live from WBAI Studios, broadcasting at 99.5 FM Pacifica Radio in New York. This is Trump Watch, Countdown to Inauguration, a new series examining the proposed policies of presidential-elect Donald Trump and exploring the reality of what a Trump administration will look like when he's sworn into office on January 20th. I'm today's host, Jesse Lent. Conrad Tokyo, Sparrow, Pistachio, just done national, dog is off sabbatical, rather watch an exigent, politician, politician, CNN and all this, Juan, yo, Today, we'll consider the ramifications of Trump's appointee for Attorney General, Alabama, Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions. Our guests, CUNY School of Law Associate Professor Frank Deal and lecturer in law and political science at City College of New York's Colin Powell School for Civic and Global Leadership, R.B. Bernstein, were two of the 1,226 faculty members from 176 different law schools in 49 states that signed a letter to the Senate Committee of the Judiciary asking the congressional body to block Sessions' nomination. Delivered to Capitol Hill on Tuesday, the letter expressed the professor's deep concerns about the Alabama senator's record on, quote, civil rights, voting, immigration, environmental issues, employment, national security, surveillance, antitrust, and housing laws. In 1986, the Republican-controlled Senate Judiciary Committee, in a bipartisan vote, rejected Ronald Reagan's nomination of then-U.S. Attorney, Attorney Sessions for a federal judgeship due to statements Sessions had made that reflected prejudice against African Americans, the letter reads. Continuing, nothing in Senator Sessions' public life since 1986 has convinced us that he is a different man than the 39-year-old attorney who is deemed too racially insensitive to be a federal district court judge. Some of us have concerns about his misguided prosecution of three civil rights activists for voter fraud in Alabama in 1985 and his consistent promotion of the myth of voter impersonation fraud. Some of us have concerns about his support for building a wall along our country's southern border. Some of us have concerns about his robust support for regressive drug policies that have fueled mass incarceration. Some of us have concerns about his questioning of the relationship between fossil fuels and climate change. Some of us have concerns about his repeated opposition to legislative efforts to promote the rights of women and members of the LGBTQ community. Some of us share all all of these concerns, all of us believe it is unacceptable for someone with Senator Sessions' record to lead the Department of Justice, end quote. And the professors aren't alone in mobilizing against Sessions' nomination. On Tuesday, six activists, including NAACP President and CEO Cornell William Brooks, were arrested for allegedly staging a sit-in at Senator Sessions' office in Mobile, Alabama, in pro protest of his selection as nominee for Attorney General. At the demonstration, Brooks told CNN, quote, We are asking the senator to withdraw his name for consideration as attorney general or for the president-elect Donald Trump to withdraw the nomination. Adding, in the midst of rampant voter suppression, this nominee has failed to acknowledge the reality of voter suppression while pretending to believe in the myth of voter fraud. Additionally, former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick, himself a defense attorney for the three civil rights leaders in the 1985 voter fraud case mentioned in the law professor's letter, also appealed to the Senate Committee of the Judiciary, urging them to block Sessions' nomination in a letter published by Mother Jones earlier today. 
30 years ago because it was widely understood and appreciated that his appointment to the bench would raise questions about this committee's commitment to a just, fair, and open justice system, Mr. Sessions' nomination was withdrawn on a bipartisan basis, Patrick wrote. I respectfully suggest to you that this moment requires similar consideration and a similar outcome, end quote. Here to discuss how Senator Jeff Sessions could affect the legal system, along with civil rights in America, and why they believe it is so important for Congress to block his appointment to lead the Department of Justice, is Frank Deal, associate professor at CUNY School of Law and former staff attorney at the Center for Constitutional Rights in New York City, and R.B. Bernstein, a lecturer in law and political science at City College of New York's Colin Powell School for Civic and Global Leadership and author of the book, The Founding Fathers Reconsidered. Hello, Professor Deal. Hello, Professor Bernstein. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. Good to be here, sir. Let's, let's talk first about the letter that you both signed and that was sent to the Senate Committee of the Judiciary this week asking the senators to block the nomination of Jeff Sessions for attorney general. When did you each first hear the letter and what was it that made you decide to sign it? Either you can just jump in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I'll jump in. One of my colleagues posted on Facebook that a letter was being compiled and over 400 uh, law professors had signed it. And this is uh, Professor Bernstein speaking yes. right now. And I said, dang, I think I better sign this thing. So I went and read it and said, yes, I'm going to sign it. And I've just been looking over um, the list of signatories, and I'm really pleased to see how many colleagues and friends have signed this, people whose scholarship I deeply respect and people who represent the future of legal education in this country. And how about you, Professor Deal? How did you first hear the letter? Uh, well, there was a solicitation email that went around to uh, law faculty, and uh, I received it uh, at the law school. And, um, uh, you know, uh, knowing the people who put the letter together, I had no doubt that uh, it was something which really had to happen. And uh, I'm not one to quibble about the language. I think they did an excellent job of, uh, you know, getting in the letter what needed to be said. And I think they're doing an excellent job of trying to get the letter publicized as much as possible. I agree. For some of our listeners who might be a little bit rusty on their political science, um, can you describe what the role of an attorney general is in the modern era? Uh, uh, let me take a do? crack at Go that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the um, uh, attorney general uh, basically has the, the chief legal officer of the United States government. Uh, who primarily has oversight of the United States Department of Justice, one of the largest, in fact, the largest law, well, one of the largest law firms in the United States, uh, which consists of a number of different units uh, operating in different areas of uh, legal and social policy, and generally to enforce the laws of the United States. That's the Attorney General's primary responsibility. And talk a little bit about the role between the re the relationship, rather, between the sitting president and his attorney general. How does that affect policy? Well, it depends. I would say it depends. It depends on the relationship between a particular president and a particular AG. For example, when Bobby Kennedy was attorney general, his brother was president, and and John and Robert collaborated very closely, as Victor Navasky showed in his great book Kennedy Justice. Uh, the Justice Department was one of the central instrumentalities of the Kennedy administration. Even when the President and the, Justice and the Attorney General are not all that close, 
the attorney general is the legal strategist for the whole government. The legal um, component of American public policy is in the attorney general's hands. If the attorney general is committed to enforcing voting rights, that's what the Justice Department does. If the attorney general is committed to resisting, um, resisting federal efforts to enforce environmental law, because he doesn't believe that human beings cause global climate change, then the Justice Department is going to act as a retrograde force in the environmental uh, sphere. So the Attorney General is going to be important no matter what. And I would emphasize that the Attorney General is not the lawyer for the President. Uh, the Attorney General has um, uh, a role in the government where uh, the Attorney General represents the United States, uh, mm -hmm. not the President. So uh, conceivably, if the attorney general uh, wants to take a position on something which runs counter to the president, the attorney general is essentially free to do that. Now, there might be consequences of that happening, but, you know, I think the most important thing is to see the office of the attorney general as being something other than uh, the lawyer for the president of the United States. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Obviously, Sessions has been one of Trump's more controversial appointments in a season of controversial appointments. Do you believe that the controversy that he's causing is part of his appeal for the president-elect, or do you think it's something else? <laughs> oh, I uh, think, well, I, go, go ahead. ahead. You go first. I, I'm in uh, I think, right first of all, I think that's a great question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and, and I was, you know, just uh, briefing myself for this conversation, kind of going back over some of the things that Sessions, Sessions is being criticized for. You know, there was a sense that I have that just like Trump has been looking for people to head these departments uh, who really are antagonists of what the department's role is. I get the sense that uh, Sessions was chosen to head the attorney general, to be the attorney general, not so much because he's against the law of the United States, but because of those individual departments within the Department of Justice. Now, mm -hmm. my concern is with the Civil Rights Division. This was a division, uh, you know, carved out in the 1950s for the sole purpose of enforcing civil rights during a period when civil rights was at the top of the nation's agenda. Uh, and looking at, uh, you know, uh, sessions to head that, to have oversight over that department is the same thing to me as putting this woman DeVos over the Department of Education, uh, putting somebody in the, as, as head of the EPA who is against the environment, Scott Pruitt. Uh, putting the former Texas governor, you know, to head the energy department. Rick it Perry. seems like there's this, this trick he has of uh, trying to destabilize these various very important agencies of the government, it seems like the same thing is happening with the Civil Rights Division, if not with the entire Department of Justice. Professor Bernstein, yeah, would you like I to would add, add that? something to that. And I would add, and I think uh, my colleague will agree with me, that this is just the latest chapter of what's been going on in Republican administrations for the past 36 years, since the first Reagan administration. You put people in charge of say, the Department of Justice, the EPA, the Department of Education, people who are either hostile to the actual mission of that institution or that agency, or have a very narrow retrograde conception of what that agency or department is supposed to do. And the idea is, you put these people in charge, and they do what they do, and that sends to the people of the United States one of two messages. Message A, the government can't handle this, so we might as well shut this department down. Or message B, forget about an activist government. 
let's just have a passive government that tolerates a whole bunch of things that we used not to tolerate. You know, that actually really leads quite well into my, the, the next thing I wanted to ask the two of you, which is, you know, in, in the most concrete terms uh, y- you can lay out, obviously without a crystal ball, uh, what do you think the most immediate effects, assuming um, assuming uh, that Sessions can get through the nomination process? What, uh, uh, Professor Beal, you mentioned civil rights. What are some of the specific uh, judicial or legal areas that you could see this affecting right away? Uh, well, um, first thing uh, that uh, I would be concerned about is the question of voting rights. Mm-hmm. And that's because, uh, you know, I think that it has historically been sort of the, 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 the pit of the democratic system. Uh, if uh, people cannot freely go to the polls to vote, vote the candidates of their choice without facing all kinds of barriers, the whole system sort of comes apart. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, if we just look at you know, the um, most recent election and what's happening in some of the state legislatures, the fact that the Supreme Court of the United States is throwing out a key part of the Voting Rights Act, uh, it just seems to me that uh, that's, to me, is a primary area of focus. Um, but, uh, and the question, of course, is, you know, what's going to happen there? Because, again, that department, uh, the Civil Rights Division, has key responsibility for essentially enforcing voting rights. Uh, and I just, I am convinced that Sessions is not going to do that. In fact, we know he prosecuted people who were voting, right act, act, voting rights activists uh, in the South uh, during the 1980s. So uh, that's a big problem for me. And it's, is, I would agree. And actually, uh, uh, Professor oh, Bernstein, I, I will definitely get you in on that topic. But, but before I do, I just wanted to ask uh, Professor Beal that... Uh, you know, you mentioned his voter fraud prosecutions in uh, in the eighties. Do you know the sort of scope of those prosecutions and how much uh, in Sessions' history there is of doing that beyond the one incident, uh, the the one we mentioned before at the top of the show that you mentioned in your letter, the nineteen eighty five case involving three black men, where they were uh, defended by among other people, uh, former Massachusetts governor Governor Deval Patrick. Um, well, uh, those, that prosecution uh, was a rarity, um, at least to my knowledge. Uh, you know, um, I was at the Center for Constitutional Rights at the time. We had a, a southern office in Mississippi. And uh, when those charges were brought, first of all, it was in the midst of a tremendous uh, redistricting campaign, which has been happening in the South throughout the 80s and 90s, which is responsible for so many black elected officials in the United States today, and I believe led firmly to the uh, presidency of uh, Barack Obama. Uh, but the point was that that was a, a, a very rare thing, and it was targeted and it was calculated to sort of stop uh, this strong uh, movement to express voting rights in that particular part of the country during that particular time. Uh, so that's why I see that prosecution as being so important. And now, you know, you don't have to have prosecutions like that because you have state legislatures operating not just in the South, but also in northern states uh, where they've been controlled by Republican legislatures, you know, coming up with all kinds of reasons to essentially uh, prevent uh, people from voting. So, uh, uh, as my colleague pointed out, even if Sessions does nothing, there's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's even more complicated because he is an activist against voting rights. Professor Bernstein, did you As so many Republicans have been. 
back in 2010, when the Supreme Court gutted Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, a lot of Republicans welcomed that. And they welcomed that, and I think it was a disingenuous argument. They welcomed that saying, oh good, the jurisdictions that were being penalized by the Voting Rights Act are no longer second-level jurisdictions. They're part of the country again. It was nonsense, because we see what's happened. We see that when the Justice Department, excuse me, when the Voting Rights Act Section 5 is no longer available, the targeting mechanism for pre-clearing what a state does to interfere with voting rights, when that's gone, then states go ahead and adopt restrictive and voter suppression uh, measures. So you've got a two-track thing with Sessions. One, he welcomes that. He's fine with that. So at the very least, without that pre-clearance section of the Voting Rights Act, the only way the Voting Rights Act gets enforced is if the Justice Department is proactive and collaborates with plaintiffs in jurisdictions saying, our voting rights are being infringed, and you have to help us. Well, if Sessions is in, Justice Department will be indifferent. What was FDR's great line? Frozen in the ice of its own indifference. But then the second step will be if the Justice Department starts turning around and saying, We don't have to pay attention to voting rights. We don't have to oversee that. Our responsibility under the 15th Amendment second section doesn't exist anymore. We don't care. And that's going to send a message to the whole country that the voting rights of people who have been targeted by conservative and reactionary state and local officials who want to play games with voting rights, they're going to get a free pass. Do you agree, Professor? Oh, sure. Exactly. I think it's very, very, very well said. Uh, with, with Section uh, 4 and 5 no longer operating with the Voting Rights Act, uh, just like my colleagues said, the legislatures are free to essentially put all kinds of barriers uh, in front of the right to vote. And that's what they've been doing. We've been seeing that. Uh, and now we uh, have serious questions about whether the Supreme Court is going to uh, essentially block those developments at the same time that we have uh, a, uh, a civil rights division in the Department of Just- Justice, which is inactive at best, which may be inactive at best. So, mm-hmm. so voting is my main concern, but I, I by no means want to minimize some of the other areas that I think are in serious, uh, in, in for oh. serious change if, in fact, this uh, nomination goes, goes through. You know, uh, you know, Sessions was asked about the Trump statement uh, where he made these comments about uh, uh, touching women uh, and uh, without repeating uh, what Trump actually said, I was shocked to understand that Sessions did not think that what Trump was talking about was sexual assault. Uh, you know, yeah. Sessions uh, was against the uh, Violence Against Women Act when it was up for amendments in uh, 2013. Uh, so, you know, his, you know, ideologically, uh, his um, uh, opinions are consistently right-wing. And in fact, I also uh, understand that he was working very, very closely with the Breitbart uh, media organization, and essentially uh, being uh, very willing uh, to um, uh, get his views expressed in their publications. And we all know uh, the white supremacy uh, is just one of the you know things that sort of keeps keeps that that, that publication alive and going. So uh, there's a consistency here, uh, which I think would operate across the board of a number of different areas of law that the letter essentially talked about. Uh, I'm focusing on voting rights, but there are many, many others that we don't have time let's, to get into. I, I'm, well, let's, fact, look at, let's look at a couple of others. Antitrust. I don't see this administration enforcing antitrust law. I don't see it at all. Consumer protection? Forget about it. Uh, that's the Justice Department Civil Division. 
And uh, you can go through the entire range of activities of the Justice Department. And a lot of cynical people will say, oh, well, we have an injustice department. Well, we may well have an injustice department, a department that is indifferent to its historic mission across the board. When you both heard uh, the news, uh, once it seemed apparent that Trump had clinched the Electoral College, what were some of the first thoughts that went through your head as a legal mind? Was it the Supreme Court? Was it that Trump uh, could appoint someone like a Jeff Sessions? Where, where, where were the areas that, that really struck you when, it, when you found out he was going to be the president? I felt sick to my stomach, I'll be honest with you. I felt sick to my stomach because I saw a man who, one, had no clue about what the Constitution is, what the presidency is within the constitutional system, and two, a man who was willing to be an instrumentality for some of the worst and most right-wing and retrograde and reactionary forces in this country, that they made a Faustian bargain, and he's basically telling them, you can do whatever you want, and I don't care. And the thought of that, I'll just give you one contrast. The contrast between a Jeff Sessions on the one hand and an Eric Holder or or a Loretta Lynch on the other is almost immeasurable. Professor Beale, is there something you'd like to add? Well, you know, uh, the concern that that I've had uh, has been with the court, the Supreme Court. Mm. Uh, because, you know, uh, if we're lucky, we'll get uh, Trump out of there in 2020, and he'll take all those people with him. But if he gets to do, um, if he gets to do one nomination to the court, right, and he may get as many as three, uh, think about that. These are people whose legacy will continue 30 or 40 years into the future. Exactly. And um, so the, the thought of, a, of, a, uh, of this conservative block that's been on the court uh, for, you know, for the past 40 years, the thought of that continuing 30 or 40 additional years into the future uh, is something that I still have not come to grips with. Uh, well, the reality I feel, is uh, that he, he, Go ahead. He, 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 I'm sorry? Go ahead. The reality is yeah. that... He, you know, he's, he's working on these, on these administrative agencies, and it's turning out far worse than I thought it would ever turn out, much worse than ever thought it would turn out. And my concern and fear is that the same thing is going to happen when, when he gets to a point of Supreme Court justice. Well, Let I think alone all the lower federal court judges exactly. are going to get to <laughs> And there are hundreds of them. I think I'll have to have you both back uh, to discuss the Supreme Court and the lower courts because that is a whole other show. But unfortunately, we've run out of time. But what a fascinating uh, talk this has been. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. My guests have been CUNY School of Law Associate Professor Frank Deal and lecturer in law and political science at City College of New York's Colin Powell School for Civic and Global Leadership, R.B. Bernstein. They both signed a letter that was sent this week to the Senate Committee of the Judiciary asking senators to block the nomination of Jeff Sessions for attorney general. You're listening to Trump Watch Countdown to Inauguration on 99.5 FM Pacifica Radio, New York. One quick programming note, the extremely popular Katie Halper show comes on at 7 p.m. directly following ours, but in all my excitement in the first four episodes of Trump Watch, I've forgotten to mention it, so be sure to stay tuned for the Katie Halper show at 7, and Katie, not that you need my help, but I'm really sorry for being such a bad hype man. Also, 
I want to tell you about our new SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash trumpwatch. You can download all the episodes of the show there, as well as leave comments. You can also tweet at us using the hashtag TrumpWatchWBAI, or follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at uh, is JLentNews, and you can email me at jesse at WBAI.org. We want to hear from you. What issues would you like us to address on Trump Watch? This episode actually grew out of a listener suggestion during our call-in on last week's show. So please let us know what you want us to cover. Uh, so that's going to be it for this week. This has been Trump Watch, Countdown to Inauguration on WBAI 99.5 FM New York. I'll be back next Wednesday when we'll tackle another aspect of the incoming administration. I'm your host, Jesse Lent. Happy New Year and talk to you next time. Watch an intention, politician, politics, CNN and all this. Guanyo, move with your